This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Everywhere is right. We're giving away some uh, great prizes here in a sec. It is Friday, August 20th. Thanks for being here. We're about to announce the winners of the game day giveaway. Someone's going to get a great trip to the BYU-Arizona game coming up in just a second. But, Jason, have you won anything important or big or awesome in a contest before? Uh, Look, I I may have. Nothing's coming to mind. Certainly, if it were something big, I would probably remember it. Like, I've won tickets, like, like on radio to go, like, sporting events and things. But I I can't think of anything major. My first interaction ever with Greg Rubel was when I was 12, and I called into (laughs) KSL Radio, and I won two free steak dinners to Sizzler because I repeated the words to Ba-Ram You. From the end of Babe. <laughs> Super random. Okay. But that was the beginning of a beautiful relationship. So I remember the very first thing I ever won. It was it was when I was back living in Independence. And I, I listened to Q104. And I remember winning tickets to the Kansas City Comets, which is an indoor soccer team in Kansas City. That is the first big thing time. I remember winning. Okay. And I thought I, was, I thought I was big time that I won. Well, you were. Uh, the people whose names we're about to announce uh, are actually big time, okay? Uh, because we've got the flyway giveaway to the season opener, BYU against Arizona and Las Vegas. Flight, transportation, hotel tickets to the game, and a football fan pack. After 105,000 entries. That's awesome, by the way. The grand prize winner is Michelle Shane. Congratulations of Cody, Wyoming. Nice! And the football fan pack winners who get uh, a football fan pack, signed football, Roku, BYU swag, Ronald Wallace, Rex Petterborg, John Aedo, Clay Hardman, and Daniel Palfreyman. Congratulations to the big six here, especially Michelle Shane. We'll six see you again. out of 105,000 entries. We need, we need you a, can have multiple entries, need, too. We need a math... Yeah. You know, mathematician we're, to be able to give us the we're broadcasters. We don't do that. No, I'm not saying we yeah, do. That's yeah, why I'm asking else. for the help. Greg, are you watching? Uh, congratulations. Uh, we will be reaching out to you for that. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Thanks for everyone entering. That was a fun contest. Okay, here's the show lineup. Tony Romo has some flattering things to say about Zach. I thought you were going to say Tony Romo was on the show. Tony Romo will join. No, we would. <laughs> He's busy playing golf at uh, Riverside. Jaron Hall goes one on one with me. He wins that matchup. What's the minimum amount of time he'd need to be ready for Arizona if he were the starter? Aaron Roderick gives his preferred timeline for naming a starting quarterback. And the ACC, Big Ten, and Big 12 are going to announce an alliance. What is this, risk? What does this mean for the Cougars' Power 5 hopes? Let's get after it. Here are some headlines. The Deseret News' Jay Drew reports that BYU offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick informed all three quarterbacks on Wednesday where they currently stand in the quarterback battle. Now, Roderick told them that they would still get equal reps in today's practice as well as Saturday's scrimmage. Roderick said that the hope is that by next Wednesday, quote, we will start making the reps more applicable to the starter, the backup, and the third guy, end quote. Very interesting. Okay, we'll talk about that coming up. Another position where BYU is trying to figure out the depth chart is wide receiver. After practice yesterday, position coach Fessy Satake gave us an update on the group. Yeah, yeah, I'm not ready yet. I'm, I'm, I mean, I think it's it's taking shape, but but um, you know, there's still 
there's still things I got to figure out uh, and work through. Um, I, I, I can't say that Neil and Gunner, you know, it's not a surprise, are, are two guys that, you know, we're, we're going to be investing heavily in. They're proven guys. Um, you know, but after that, there's there's a plethora of receivers who, um, with a little bit more time and reps, you know, I can start to um, discuss that more. That's Take noted the Nakua brothers are limited right now. That's due to injury. But I followed up and asked if they were pacing to play against Arizona. He said yes. So there's that. Last night in the NFL preseason action on a Thursday night, it was the Patriots and the Eagles. That means we had a chance to see Kyle Vanoy and Harvey Longy with the Pats. They blank Philadelphia 35-0. Vanoy with two tackles. Longy with five tackles as well as a sack and an INT. Other Cougars in the NFL this weekend. A couple of notable ones tonight. Daniel Sorensen, Zane Anderson, and the Chiefs face the Cardinals in Arizona. Dax Milne and the Washington football team host the Bengals. Tomorrow, Zach Wilson versus the Packers. And Jamal Williams and the Lions head to Pittsburgh to battle the Steelers. Okay, okay, I like that. Number 15, women's soccer beats up Ohio State 3-0. Game winner came six minutes in via the two-time first-team All-American Michaela Kulan. She's so good, man. She made it a brace late in the first half with this incredible piece of skill. Kicks the ball wide. Cougars with the possession still. Coulahan with another shot! And it's another goal for Michaela Coulahan! Wow, 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 wow! She wasted no time. Oh, Jason Shepard and <laughs> Carla Haslam on the call. Good stuff. Coulahan now in possession of Sole possession of sixth all-time in goals at BYU. Ellie Mon added a goal later in the game to make it 3-0. Cougars hit the road to tape today to play at Auburn tomorrow. That's a long trip. Listen to it on BYU Radio 107.9 FM locally on the BYU Cougars app. BYU Women's Volleyball ranked number 15 in the ABCA preseason coaches poll. Also, an opportunity to see the Cougars in action during the blue-white scrimmage tomorrow. It is at the Smith Fieldhouse at 1 p.m., and admission is free. That team's going to be awesome. Like yes, they are. Can't wait. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The 94th Utah Open Golf Tournament is being played here in Provo at Riverside Country Club just down the street. Among the participants is CBS analyst and former Cowboys quarterback Tony Romo. Romo is known for calling out what's going to happen before it does on broadcast, a football analyst seer of sorts. He commented on Zach Wilson saying some flattering things yesterday. Here's what he said. I think you guys don't quite know how good this kid is. I think he is super rare. I think you just, I think you're going to be watching, I think he's like a young Dan Marino. And for people, you know, that are a little bit older who saw Marino when he came out in the 80s, people forget like Marino was the guy in the 80s. And then it morphed into Montana and winning all the Super Bowl stuff. But it was like, you know how Rodgers has all the talent stuff, right? And Brady's like Montana. And then Elway came on, right? I just think that Zach has rare ability and that literally I've watched him in his first preseason game and like maybe four other plays. But I can see certain things and he has a couple of special traits that God doesn't give those gifts to very many people. And I think uh, without knowing him, but, uh, you know, if he's like what uh, I think he is, a hard worker and cares and loves the sport, the ceiling is crazy high for this kid. I mean, Patrick Mahomes crazy levels, which is saying a lot. 
Wow, 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 as Carla just said in the uh, soundbite a moment ago for soccer. Uh, that's quite the statement from one Tony uh, Romanowski, as uh, one of my friends likes to call him. Does Tony Romo love Zach Wilson more than we do, Jason? I don't know if he loves him more than we do, but I'm going to assume that his opinion is going to carry more weight than ours will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, that is about as high a praise for Zach Wilson, as we have heard or you will probably ever hear. Here's what stands out to me about not just what Tony Romo said, but we have heard others say similar things, other players in the NFL. And I remember even asking John Beck, who we've obviously had on this show a lot, it pro day, I asked him specifically, Zach is getting compared to some greats, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Is that fair? And he didn't back away from it. He's like, yeah, it's fair. This is What stands out to me is that we're hearing more and more of this. People are not backing away from these types of comparisons. That's what stands out to me. And when you have guys like Tony Romo that come out and compare him to Dan Marino and Patrick Mahomes and guys like that, after, and, and Tony even mentioned it, he's seen him in his preseason series, which was what, two in the first? It was six of nine passing. Okay, so six of nine Plus and four, four other plays. plays. So, so we're talking maybe 13 passes. Less than 15 plays. And Tony Romo, with his very careful eye, is concluded that <laughs> that is such high praise from Tony Romo. That's and, like- because it's, it's, and because it's positive for Zach Wilson, I believe 100% of it. <laughs> Tony Romo's. Um- Quick, quick take on uh, Zach Wilson is like a return missionary trying to get married after a mission. <laughs> like, whoa, slow down. Uh, no, Tony Romo has an eye for this. And he, like I mentioned, he's famous for kind of knowing what's going to happen yes. in a play. We're sort of applying it in this way. This is quite the statement. The other, the other biggest fanboy in the national media of, of Zach Wilson is the anti-Colin Coward, uh, is Chris Sims. Chris Sims called his shot. He said he's the best quarterback in the draft. He's, be- he's even better than Trevor Lawrence. It's like, whoa! Um, so what, what Tony Romo is saying is pretty notable. Um, the 13 passes thing is pretty crazy. Like, he hasn't <laughs> seen a ton of Zach. But, but he's, I'm sure he's talked to people around the league, and yeah. obviously he's going to be calling a, a couple of Jets games probably this year. So this is going to be interesting. I, I, love, I loved what's happening. The, it's very fun. The only issue is those comparisons are pretty lofty, right? Like, when I look at Zach Wilson and I see the Jets logo next to it, my heart sinks a little bit <laughs> because the Jets suck. Like, the Jets have not been good. The Jets have not been good for a while. They got to a couple of AFC Championship games like a decade ago with Mark Sanchez, who was okay. They had a great defense, right? Good run game. Hopefully that's what the Jets can do because we know that Zach's skills are really good. Like, he has, next, he has, a, he has a plus arm. He has an NFL arm. He has an NFL mind, all these things. It's going to be exciting to see what he can do. If he if he gets them to a Super Bowl at all, like they'll build him a statue. They really will. Like it'll be Joe Namath and then Zach Wilson <laughs> with the Jets, right? Because they're not, like name the Jets quarterbacks besides Joe Namath that did anything. Like nobody. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's my only hesitation with with the whole Zach Wilson thing is, gosh, the Jets have historically not been able to do it. Hopefully they overcome that. Hopefully they're way better than they have been. And I like the direction they're going. We're hoping it all works out for Zach. Uh, but, yeah, Tony Romo does love him some Zach Wilson. And he, does, he doesn't love him more than us. We love Zach. Yes. He's our guy. 
we've seen him mature from the skinny kid from Draper to number two pick to hanging out with Aaron Rodgers. Like this has been a fun journey for all of us with Zach, but I hope that he can overcome the team he's on. Yes, Tony Romo is here currently in the Provo area, but there's no reason for him to put himself out there like that with comments so definitive about what he believes Zach Wilson is capable of because he doesn't know him. He said he doesn't know. He doesn't have a relationship yeah. with Zach Wilson. They have not met. They had, who know? I don't know if they've ever even spoke. Therefore, he could speak a little more openly. So, but, but there's no reason for him to go that far if he doesn't believe that. And the fact that he has said that, and again, I go back to one of my original points, people are not backing away from these comparisons. In fact, you're starting to hear more and more of these that, yeah, he does have the traits of a Patrick Mahomes. Now, the Dan Marino thing we've never heard before. Dan that Marino, was a comparison we have not heard. I think he's saying – I don't think he's saying he's Dan Marino in the way he plays because he didn't chuck it as hard or as far. But um, maybe what he's saying with, with Dan Marino is Dan Marino was the next guy that came down the line. So he's like the Aaron Rodgers, the Patrick Mahomes, the da 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 Maybe he's not those guys, but he's like the next big Well, and it's, it's the quick release. It's the way the ball saying. comes out of his hand. That's what he was really comparing him to. Because I – okay. I, mean, cool. the, the, I, I disagree. I think he's more Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes in the release. But Tony Romo does know way more than I do. Okay, great. I, I just think it's I – think, I love the fact that, that Zach Wilson and therefore then BYU is getting this type of – of publicity. It's, it really is. You know, we joked yesterday, uh, you know, about Scarlett Johansson naming, naming their daughter, you know, uh, or excuse me, their son Cosmo. You know, it's, it's just a lot. It's, it's a funny thing that we can play off of after such a great year. It's like last year just keeps getting better. Not only do you have the 11 and one season, but you have Zach being the number two pick. And now people talking about Zach Wilson and BYU. And now you're having these comparisons. I love the spotlight that this has put on the BYU football program. Oh, yeah, it's been a fun way for sure. And uh, sadly, it took a pandemic to do it, right, uh, for the schedule to blow up and the whole deal. But BYU's taking advantage of the moment. And, and that's been awesome to see. See, BYU seize the moment. Sometimes I felt like BYU has kind of waited to see what the right move is. And a lot of times that's the right move. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes you got to jump in and, and excel. BYU did that with the pandemic, yeah. and to its credit, which has been which has been awesome. BYU's done that with NIL, just dominated it. Like no school has dominated NIL like BYU right now. So BYU's on this amazing little run of maybe it's long run of thriving in the pandemic, the NFL draft, the season, the rankings, the preseason, NIL, recruiting, Nakua's coming in. Da da da. It's going really well. BYU's got to continue to win and get at least nine wins to make it so it's a relevant season. Hey, go beat Utah in that streak. It's over. Whatever. Go win nine games. Maybe finished rank. Who knows? Keep this going because I don't want it to – and then Zach Wilson's success in the NFL directly ties to the perception of BYU's program. No question. It, and, again, we got to give Zach like two to three years, right, to really figure this out. Um, and – Hopefully he'll get a chance to do so with the Jets. Well, and I, I think one of the things that's that's fun about this, and I, I don't think that Zach is one of those guys, and based off of how we know him, I, I, he seems to be able to put things aside and focus on what's important. So 
whether, whether he's paying attention to this or not, I, I want to put you in his shoes. Yeah. It's great to have these comparisons. While I'm but rich. Do you, but do you want them? While I'm rich. Do you want them because of the added pressure and expectations that come with them? When you're good at something, I'm guessing when he's good at something, he's like, listen, I'm going to prepare that much harder so right. I can execute this. Like his, his sort of brashness and perception of cockiness that's more from high school, not BYU, by the way, is born of uh, just perception. His preparation is excellent. Yes. Like, like you're, I believe when I go into a game as a play-by-play, that's the only comp I can make in my field. I'm not as good of an athlete, right? Is I'm only going to be as good as my preparation. He prepares really well, really well, not to mention the skills. Like, think of how he's developed from freshman. Um, oh, he's compared to Johnny Manziel, blah, blah, blah. He's not even close to Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel didn't make the throws that Zach was making. Yes, Johnny Manziel won the Heisman and was incredible in college. But Zach is a more prepared and better – he's going to be a better pro. It's going to be awesome. So, yeah, it would it – would, uh, would I want the pressure of that? I'm a competitor. Yeah, bring it on. Let's go. Am I going to be those guys? No, I'm going to be myself. But I'm, a, I'm okay if you think that I have high capability. That's fine. Now that you have 22 point whatever million. 23 and a half. 23 and a half, Don't excuse me. Is, is lunch on you today now? Because I have bestowed that upon you? Yeah. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Firehouse. <laughs> let's split it. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> There's an inside joke there. <laughs> Our question of the day. I've always wanted to be on the inside of a joke. Michael Scott. When you hear Tony Romo compare Zach Wilson to Dan Marino and Patrick Mahomes, what is your reaction? Let's get to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Weigh in on the social media, Facebook, Instagram, at Twiggerstone on Twitter. First thought was, slow down. Those are some big names that he's throwing out there, and I want Zach to have time to get used to the NFL before fans expect him to have an MVP season. What's your answer to the question you gave me? Because there is a bustability factor yeah. that is really high with anyone who gets these kind of compliments and is drafted at that point. Yeah, I honestly don't know, because I would love to have that comparison, because... Like you, you want to be considered a guy like that that has that type of capability, but yet knowing what that will mean from a fan perspective in terms of expectations, I just don't know, especially coming into a first year at that level, I don't know if I would want that hanging over my head. It's, that'd be tough. That'd be tough. As a competitor, you're like, fine, whatever. Absolutely. i got to do my it's thing. It's very flattering. Yes, but what if he's not? Right. Then what? Is he a bust if he's not Dan Marino? Absolutely not. Of course not. not. But, but if you have enough people saying that, it gets weird, right? At Clint Bergstrom on Instagram, guys that know the job can see the things that people don't. I totally believe in him in this case. I think he's done an excellent job of focusing on what he's needed to focus on throughout his career, doing what he's needed to do, and then he's gotten to this point based on that. I think he just needs to keep doing that. My fear is that the Jets get in the way of that, that as good as Zach Wilson is – that hopefully he can overcome who and what the Jets have been. But maybe he's the Jets' He's the uh, reason why the Jets savior. will be different, maybe. Perhaps. That's yes. the hope. I hope so much that's the case, right? I hope so much that's the case. All right, coming up, will we know who the quarterback for BYU football is next week? Maybe it's Jaron Hall, who I spoke to uh, yesterday. That conversation's coming up after the break. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming soon on BYUSN right now, who of BYU football would be the fun dad? 
One of the newest dads on the team, Jaron Hall, is giving Kiki all of the info. Episodes drop today on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Really fun conversation from uh, Kiki. She <laughs> asked some really fun questions to Jaron Hall. Um, we're live in Studio B. Jaron joined alongside Jason Shepard. It's Friday, August 20th. We're getting pretty close to uh, BYU in Arizona. Cannot wait, man. Uh, Jaron Hall, I spoke with him as well yesterday. He's been waiting to be the starting quarterback since he was young. Obviously, he got a couple of starts in 2019, got injured, sat out last year with uh, an injured hip. But he's, he's back and trying to win that job. And his life is very different as of July. Here's my conversation with the hopeful QB1. Jaron, competing for the starting quarterback's job is stress enough and a life-changing experience, let alone having a baby in July with Bree, baby Jada, your new daughter, first kid. How is life right now as you navigate these two important things? It's fun, man. It's, uh, it's tough trying to, you know, keep everyone happy on football and the wife, of course. But, uh, you know, I've always juggled several things at a time when it comes to sports. So it's, it's been fun, man. Being able to come play, play football with the guys every day and then go home to my beautiful wife and my baby. So it's, uh, I mean, greatest blessing I could ask for. It's a good time. That's awesome. Nice shirt, by the way. You got to earn that thousand bucks, right? Hey, man. Got to earn it. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Dallin Holker just told the media that if he were to have, uh, he were asked about, you know, a foursome in golf of, of guys, and he said, he might invite you. Are you a pretty good golfer? I dabble, man. I dabble. I, I got to have some way to make business in the future, you know, so I <laughs> try to work on that golf game. Quarterbacks have to be good at golf because you get invited to these Ooh, tournaments late, right? Like Robbie Bosco and these guys, they all got to play. They all got to play. Part of the territory, absolutely. How's camp been for you? Obviously, it's a different kind of pressure. Last year, you were a little banged up, didn't end up dressing for the games. What's this camp like as you try and be the guy? Same as any other, you know, I've, I've said it before, it's just it's just looking forward to the first game, you know, preparing as if every day you're in Vegas, getting ready for Arizona. So that's been my mindset. Um, it's just made everything more game-like, made everything come faster. And so it's been a it's been a good couple of weeks to, to get better and, and just prepare for that first game. On media day, new offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick, he's been calling the plays for a minute since 2019 for the majority of the time, but now the OC fully. He said, if Jaron is healthy, he'll be hard to beat. So are you healthy? I'm healthy. I'm practicing. So you'll be hard to beat then. Apparently, okay. Let's uh, let's walk through this. Um, let's talk about your your two compatriots that you're competing with. What do Baylor and Jacob do really well in your mind? I mean, Baylor is a he's a game manager. I mean, he's the most consistent guy in the field when he comes out. You know what he's going to get. And you've seen it in the last two years. Every time he goes out and plays, um, he's always ready to go and he knows what he's doing and demands the field and controls it really well. And then Jake's out there. He makes plays, man. He's uh, one of the most exciting young freshmen, you know, playing quarterback, you know, that I've seen since I've been at BYU of all the freshmen that come through. You know, he, he plays like he's three years beyond his age and, and experience, and he's a fun player to watch. It's always fun to have a dude that told Alabama no, right? That's pretty cool. <laughs> Give me the dynamic in that room because you guys balance competitiveness to be the guy and being the quarterback at BYU is awesome, right? Like, that's a massive, uh, awesome opportunity. But you also want chemistry among you um, because the backups help in that process in the game, right? So what's that like in that room? Yeah, I mean, yeah, off the field, we're just a bunch of dudes that have been hanging out for, for years, you know. Um, I think we're good friends off the field, and, and it's come with the years and time spent in that room. 
Um, but as we've seen before, and it happens often in college football, you're always going to need more than one quarterback, unfortunately. So it happens. We've been through it the last three years. And so I think just with that mindset, everyone's locked in and, and competitive on the field, but off the field, it's, I think it just comes natural. You know, everyone in that room are a bunch of good guys, you know, good people. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a good vibe in there. We're talking to Jaron Hall on BYU Sports Nation. Growing up, some, some people called me Jaron, so I feel like we're connected in that way. We need to start a podcast or something. Um, What's the minimum amount of time you would need to find out you're the guy and be ready for Arizona? I mean, it could be a month in advance. It could be a minute in advance. You know, for me, every, every rep I take on and off, you know, whether I'm in or on the sideline is prepared for the first game, you know, when we're practicing. So it doesn't really matter. You know, I'm, I'm going to treat it as if I'm going to be on the field September 4th, and, and that's all I know how to do. How much of a run threat do you want to be uh, because you have an excellent skill set with that, 4.8 yards per carry with sacks, which means you're probably in the six-yard per carry range when you're not sacked, right? With the you want to stay healthy and be able to play if, if you're the starter. I mean, our offense is, is tailored around the receivers we have and the tight ends and running backs getting the ball into their hands, so my job is to do that. You know, so first thing, we're going to be you know, aggressive, and, and A-Rod will call the plays as he does. If there's opportunities to make plays and certain things break down, then I'll do it. You know, I always have. But, you know, for me as a quarterback, I'm there to get the ball into my playmaker's hands, and and that's the first thing for me. Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos leave the staff and go to Baylor. We'll see them in October, which will be fun. But Aaron Roderick and Fess Sitakian, former OC, Steve Clark, all involved, right? How much different is the offense and the play calls and the names of the calls and whatnot from last year since Aaron was play calling quite a bit already? I mean, we called the same plays, you know, we, we, we picked up from where we left off last year and the year before. And, you know, every year you kind of evolve and add some things in, take some things out. So, you know, from from year one of the new staff, you know, of Kalani's reign, it's it's changed a little bit. But for the most part, it stayed the same. And, and this year we'll continue to add some things and, and fix some things that need to be fixed. That continuity will be great. And I want to flash back to your second start, which to me was extremely impressive. Aaron Roderick brought it up on Media Day as well. You were pacing for a 400-100 game, which, by the way, there have been like 13 of those in FBS history. Taysom Hill has one. Against Utah State in that first half, you go 200-plus pass. You had 54 yards rushing. Obviously, the concussion and second one takes you out for the rest of the season. What was clicking in that game that – and have you watched that game to sort of relive like, okay, this is, this is what I can do. I know I can do this successfully. Yeah, in the offseason, I watched it. You know, every year I'll go back and look at practices and things. So I watched it, and I think really all it was was just confidence from everybody. You know, all 11 guys on the team and the defense, you know, going into that game, everyone had whoever's back was going to be on the field. And and so it was just it was just fun. Everyone's excited. It was a rivalry game, you know, so there's a lot of energy up there in that stadium. And it just, it just clicked. You know, I don't know what exactly it was other than just confidence and, and knowing our plays and executing, you know, better than the other team did. What's it like uh, trying to throw the ball uh, around two six eight three hundred pound tackles in Harris Lachance and Blake Freeland? Those guys are beasts. That's where my point guard days come in hand, man. <laughs> Navigating around long bodies on the court, so it's uh, it's fun, man. For me, I'm protected, I'm safe, you know. So six nines, there was six ten. I'll take that, man. We'll make it work. How long did you play point guard? How old were you? Oh shoot, since I was a little kid. Uh, since I picked up a basketball quarterback, point guard, just had the knack for throwing the ball, you know. When, when, when did you stop playing uh, basketball? So high school. So I played all the way through high school and then, and then finished when I went on my mission to play. But I'll still play every now and then. Try to keep the legs in shape, keep the jumping nice. I heard Neil Powell is the best basketball player on the team. Is this true? 
So I've heard I've yet to play with him. Oh. He's never there when I'm not with the guys. So interesting. Uh, you know, I, word of mouth. I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, he's a baller. What's it like to be the quarterback on this team with these kind of options at running back and receiver and tight end? Yeah, I was talking to I don't know who I was talking to practice. It's stressful, man. It's stressful. You got so many weapons. You know, you know, you want to keep everybody happy, but uh, no, it makes our it makes our lives easy. You know, you always got a good option to go with the ball and someone to make a play. So there's good and there's bad with that. Who's the loudest voice to you about that? Like, hey, your your boy's open. Every single one of them. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I think we're pretty good at you know as they come off the field or hey, I'm open. It's just like yeah, I know you are, but you know. We'll complete it over there. We'll complete it there. You know, you'll get your ball. It'll yeah, come. That's, so, uh, that's no, it's, it's fun, man. It's a good time. See, now that you're married, you don't have, like, a roommate who's a receiver who that would be awkward with. Two of the men's volleyball players, one the setter and an outside hitter, they said it was awkward. We'd get into fights when we'd go home about stuff. You don't have to worry oh, about yeah. that, which is, which is good. That's true. I just got to worry about keeping my wife happy. So, Describe to me what you've envisioned, if you have. I imagine you have. It'll be like to run out against Arizona – with this group this year, with the, with the crowd? Electric, man. I mean, we're the greatest fan base in the world, you know, of any sport. So to feel like a home game, I'm sure. And, and I think about every night before I go to sleep, strapping up for the first game. And I'm excited. I'm ready to go. So hopefully, you know, it works out when that day comes. But I'm just excited to be with the guys and you not know, to take the field when, it, when that time comes. Jared, I appreciate the time, man. Best of luck with everything. That was Jaron Hall, uh, the hopeful QB1 in his mind. Maybe it's Baylor Romney. Maybe it's a shocker and it's Jacob Connor, but I, I think the consensus feels like, hey, Jaron Hall's probably going to be the guy and get the first right of refusal with the uh, starting quarterback opportunity. We'll go from there. I know what, uh, that we will discuss this coming up a little bit later, but uh, we may know the answer to this very, very soon. And I know that right. not just us – not we're no, not the no, only ones. Just the two of us, and we're not going to tell. We're, we're not the only ones that are looking forward to this. All BYU football fans are anxiously awaiting the naming of the quarterback. Uh, yeah, uh, it's the biggest story in BYU sports every year. Who's the quarterback? Is it not? Uh, it is. It is absolutely yeah. the quarterback spot. Yeah, right. Is always number one. Even if there's not even even if there's not even a competition, focus on the quarterback is always where people zero in on. Last year we were like. There was a narrative that Spencer and I called, uh, you know, false during the summer. Like, well, well, there's a quarterback battle. We're like, no, there's not. It's the guy. We didn't think he'd have that kind of season, but uh, it was pretty good. Apparently, you're not Tony Romo. Tony Romo could have seen it coming. I'm definitely not Tony Romo. When I uh, <laughs> log into Wells Fargo, I'm definitely not t- Tony Romo. <laughs> All right, coming up, is the new alliance among the Pac-12, ACC, and Big Ten more of a galactic alliance or empire for BYU? Okay. Good question. Written by a non-Star Wars fan, too, by the oh, way. Oh, not bad. And the Des News thinks Utah is BYU's toughest opponent of the season. Do we agree with that? This is BYU Sports Nation. Look, it's Cosmo Johansson. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Join Lauren McLean every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern and always on demand to get inside the minds of sports fans, players, coaches, and more. It's not just X's and O's. It's about the ultimate fan experience. It's called Cougar Tailgate, and you can check it out on BYU Radio. BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. Love it. He is Jason. I'm Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let us whip it. Cougar Whip Round is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. All right, based on the D News' interview with BYU OC Aaron Roderick, do you expect to know who the starting quarterback is for the Cougars 
by next Thursday. Yes, he said his, uh, you know, kind of what he would hope is that by next week that they are going to uh, figure that out, right, and have that timeline, give that guy a week and a half. Apparently, uh, you know, he, he talked to the three quarterbacks, told them where they stand. They will get equal reps uh, today and tomorrow. Tomorrow they're going to have another scrimmage, it sounds like. And so next week we could perhaps know. A-Rod did give himself an out saying he reserves the right to change it if, if he wants. But, yes, I expect by next Thursday we will know who the starting quarterback is. I, if for no other reason than I'm going to will it to happen. I was hoping the, the guy would have two weeks. I was hoping by this Saturday they would name him. Um, so next week would give them a week and a half. Well, look, and they, may, said look, they very well may hour. do that. Yeah, they might. But, yeah, by next Thursday, I think we know who the starting quarterback is. Yeah, which is in how many days away from Arizona? Countdown to the Wildcats. 15 days. Hey, two weeks from tomorrow. Let's go, baby. Jay Drew of the Deseret News ranks Utah's BYU's toughest game. Agree or disagree? Uh, I disagree. Um, I think it's USC. And I think it's obviously USC. His rationale was BYU knows they can beat USC, but they they got to end that streak with Utah. So I see that end of it, but I do agree that USC is tough. I, I, I think it's USC because USC is a better team than Utah, and it's at USC. Yes. That's As why I think, it, at home. I, think it, I think that's why it's the toughest. Okay. All right. Should the Polynesian Player of the Year be a BYU player every year? Okay. I didn't realize this morning that Zach Wilson won this award last year. I had no idea. You would think that would be something that we would have really hit on. Ben told us that we said it on the show. I don't remember. Um, okay, listen to some of these guys. Marcus Mariota that have won it. Ronnie Staley, Notre Dame offensive lineman. Tua Tagovailoa, Penny Sewell. If you're if you're the Polynesian Player of the Year, you're like a top 15 pick. Right. Like, generally. You're pretty good. So, no, it shouldn't be a BYU player every year. But BYU does have a host of dudes on the list, which is awesome. I think the Polynesian pipeline is stronger than it's been in a while at BYU. Yeah, every year, no. But certainly BYU is going to have guys on that list every year. It's it's not like Polynesian players, like it was 20, 25 years ago, are only playing at BYU in Utah and Hawaii. Right. Everywhere. 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 Which is awesome. Yes, which is fantastic. So, I mean, it would be great. But, but that's not realistic. Yeah. Stuart Mandel of The Athletic posted about a seventh-year senior at Cal named Luke Baquette, who is BYU's leader in the clubhouse to make what he called the all-geezer team. <laughs> I don't know, but it is still weird that Jake Oldroyd is a sophomore. <laughs> I was kidding. He played in 2016. <laughs> that's still bizarre to me. <laughs> Listen, I, I knew plenty of friends that bounced around college that were still sophomores academically. Yes. But in eligibility, like, what in the world? Yeah, so... <laughs> I go with Jared Capisi. He played on the team in 2014. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably 25. Uriah Leotawa, same situation. Those guys went on missions. Those are the two candidates. If Zane Anderson had come back last year, the it this been, year, yeah. he would be a seventh-year senior who is, like, 39 and also doubling as an accountant on the side. By the way, Zane... Right now, this week, with my Chiefs, third safety behind Tyron Matthew and one Daniel Sorensen. Not bad. Not bad at all. You keep four, typically, on the team, so let's go. We will see. All right, Michaela Coulihan, two goals last night in the 3-0 win over Ohio State, is now sixth all-time on the BYU soccer scoring list. Is she BYU soccer, is she BYU soccer's GOAT? I think she is, okay? Um, Shauna Robach scored like 100-plus goals or something, 95 maybe. She's top 10 in NCAA history. It's hard to argue against Shauna being the GOAT, but different era, million goals. Michaela doesn't play 
a forward who she's up yeah, she's an attacking, attacking mid, mid right I think she is, dude. The way she can strike the ball, the two goals last night, the way she sets up her teammates, the way BYU's been, they got to the Elite Eight in 2019 with her being one of, if not the best players. I think she is, dude. I think we're watching the greatest player in BYU women's soccer history. The answer is yes. She's the GOAT. That's the tweet. That's the tweet. This isn't a tweet. What are you doing? <laughs> or Michaela Coulihan highlights. Seriously, she, she is the best. And the fact that she is able to come back and, and chose to come back Yes. As we mentioned, she was drafted. Okay, and, and she was drafted. And Orlando 14. wanted her she back. She would have been like a top yes. three pick. Yes. But they just drafted her not knowing if she was going to come. Orlando desperately wanted her to yes. be with their club. Yes. And she made the decision to come back. For two seasons. Yes. The spring right. and the fall. Yeah, so. You know who's a huge fan, by the way? Jackson Club. Minor league baseball player. No reaction? Well, are you going to explain? They're dating. Yeah. Huge fan. We were discussing this yesterday. Power couple. couple, But we need to go over power couples who both turned, who were both pros. Thought of the Collinsworth. Yes. And then my mind went blank. There's probably a host. There's there's probably a couple that we're not thinking of, but that that could be the the double pro power couples. It's not bad. I like it. Yeah. Not bad at all. All right. Coming up, a comeback rise and shout out. And is the new college football alliance that's uh, about to happen next week a good or bad thing for BYU? We'll discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming off a 3-0 victory over Ohio State, 15th-ranked BYU women's soccer traveling to SEC country to take on Auburn tomorrow. Listen to the game, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, locally on 107.9 FM or on the BYU Cougar app. Welcome back to the uh, show called BYU Sports Action. That's this program, live in Studio B, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. If you didn't hear, uh, let's tell you about it. The ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 are expected to announce an alliance next week. This according to will the they declare an alliance? Will they declare it or will they say it? Uh, what does this mean for BYU? I don't know. And... The good, reason good, we good chat. The reason we don't know is because we don't honestly know what this announcement is going to entail. Because in the article by the Athletic, they don't even know. They said this is going to go beyond just a scheduling alliance. By all accounts, it it seems like the alliance is is obviously the scheduling part of it to be able to have those scheduling partners for non conference. But it, it seems like it is more about having an opposition to the SEC dominating everything in college football. Yeah. It's yeah. having those three leagues getting together because they consider themselves like-minded in, in a lot of the ways they handle their business and things like that. Like-minded. They're not the SEC. That's the like-minded. So, <laughs> yeah, that could very well be it. But it, it's basically a way to, to balance out what the SEC may try to push through on its own. There was a notable conference left out of said alliance. It's the Big 12. Yes. Uh, it's probably, I'm guessing they're conversing about, okay, what are we doing relative to the Big 12? Are we going to poach them or are we not? Like, what are we going to do later? I, I would imagine that's part of the conversation. I, so scheduling, this could affect BYU in a negative way. If these guys go, listen, let's make sure we're beefing up our schedules against each other. This may take away from a couple games that maybe BYU wanted because those slots are taken. It depends on who needs what, right? Pac-12 plays nine games in, in league. They only have three non-conference games. They probably have a rivalry game and maybe an FCS game for some teams. And then there's BYU trying to slide into that one opening. So it might be a little harder 
um, against the Alliance. Are they going to have a, a name? I know there was a nickname put out there that was funny. Um, the Big Pac-Lantic. The Big Pac-Lantic. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I imagine they're still going to have separate TV deals, or maybe there's a combined TV deal. Who knows? To, to match, I have no idea. But I think scheduling could negatively affect BYU there. Or they may say, hey, we're still scheduling BYU. The ACC doesn't really schedule BYU too much, but um, it's mainly the Pac-12. I, I wish the BYU had a formal agreement with the Pac-12 right. in scheduling. They don't really need it, I suppose, because they're playing almost everybody over the next decade, it feels like, outside of Oregon State and Colorado, right? Um, so all good. But I don't know that it totally negatively affects BYU, but <sighs> what's BYU's way into a Power 5 league if they have one? Is it Big 12 or bust? Because I think I, it ha- right now it certainly looks when like. When these three get together, it doesn't feel like BYU's going to have any opportunity with it. And I agree with you, the, the scheduling negative – could be one thing that comes out of this and how it affects BYU. Honestly, the very first thing, though, that came to my mind when I thought of this is because the Big 12 is the obvious conference being left out of this, is does this push them further down the road that we have to expand? We cannot be you know, taken apart more than what we're going to be. That's a great point. So, so that's actually yeah. the – and maybe that's just my own optimism and my desire to have BYU in the Big 12 is that they're, they say we can't – we know Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. We know we can't survive at 8. We probably can't survive at 10. We're going to have to go to 12 or more, and then that gives BYU statistically even more chance, you would hope, of getting into the Big 12. And maybe uh, the ACC, Big 10, and Pac-12 feel like – we have to expand to match it, to get, but do it together. Right. And maybe there's an opportunity for BYU within that. I don't know. I think that BYU's opportunity for a Power 5 invite is directly tied to a higher desperation level of a Power 5 conference. I don't believe it's tied to BYU's merits at all. No. BYU deserves to be in a Power 5 league and has for 40 years. Okay, in all of the it's, scenario- it's tied to the desperation of a league to need a team like BYU. Okay, so in all of let's even just in the last 15 years with all of the things that have happened to the Big 12 in terms of letting people in and you know getting the 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 10 team champion all, all of the things that the Big 12 has gone through have they ever at least the feeling now. Have they ever been as desperate or in a desperate situation as they are right now? Because no, I think this, this speaks to your point. This, this feels like something that could really push them in that direction more than maybe what they originally thought they were going to have to do it. At the moment, like right now, they don't have to do anything because they've got through 2024 Correct. football season to get their stuff Until, Unless Texas and Oklahoma are willing to pay the exit fee and get out. Well, even then, they'll they'll have eight, and they'll have the same TV deal. That's what I'm saying. They don't have to do anything uh, until 25, in theory, meaning for that season. They could always negotiate it earlier. So they've got a sec. They're trying to figure it out. But this alliance is an absolute threat to the livelihood of the Big 12. Without question. You would think, because they're not including them. Why would they? They're like, eh, I don't know. And that's why I think that they will uh, – the other three – well, the pack. What'd you say? The 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 big pack Atlantic. The big pack Atlantic will converse relative to plans about the Big Twelve. What are we doing? Like, if they want to come in and spread it, like, what are we going to do? And are we? Let's let's all talk. Uh, that I, again, I joked at the beginning of the show. I love playing Risk. In Risk, you form alliances. You're like, okay, I'm gonna hold South America. I, I see you in Africa. Let's form an alliance. Let's not attack each other. We let's let's it's help. It's basically like can. Survivor. 
Sure. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch Survivor Ten, but that general idea. Yes. yes. I just uh, had never uh, played Risk. Oh, okay. Um, it's fun. It's a board game. I don't right. have three years to play a game. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> so we'll see what this means for you. I, I hope it's something positive. It could be negative. Um, but BYU is in a position right now where think about this too for BYU. Did what happened with NLI last week continue to validate the idea of BYU? Being independent, having the autonomy, because that's what I think BYU wants out of its football program right now is autonomy. It's not just schedule. It's not just TV contract. It's Utah economy. Mm-hmm. It's national economy. And the splash that it made. I think that plays into BYU's idea of, you know what we don't need? A conference telling us what to do relative to these unique things that we want to do. Because we don't want... BYU got really, really bothered by the idea of Wyoming getting the same amount of TV money as BYU. You know who else is bothered by this? Uh, Texas and Oklahoma were bothered by it in their league, right? Um, where does BYU fit into this? How does NLI fit into this? I think BYU right now feels more comfortable than it ever has being independent. But the question is, like in 30 years, can BYU still be independent? In 10 years, can BYU still be independent and compete at the level it wanted? I don't want 2020 to have been fool's gold in that, yes, BYU had an incredible season on the field and off it in the draft because they didn't play any Power Fives. That's never going to be a schedule BYU ever plays again. And it's not something that would ever be sustainable for the program. Yes, I want a weaker schedule. I don't want that weak of a schedule. That's just what they had to do, took advantage. BYU's got to be in a Power Five league if they want to financially hang at that same level. Or, or... The amazing Utah con- economy and, and donors and whatnot. Make it so it's like a Power 5 TV deal from that money. That is an opportunity that does exist in some capacity. As it relates to this alliance that is expected to be you know, announced shortly, we certainly will not have 100% clarity in terms of what it means for BYU, but we'll at least be able to have a better idea of how it could affect BYU once we know exactly what the yeah. alliance entails. What are they talking about? Exactly what this is going to mean. What are you, uh, what are you teaming up on? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to find out next week. All right. Coming up, your reaction to Tony Romo's Zach Wilson response. And a couple of important rise and shout-outs, including one, two ago. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Some images of Ellie Mon and the BYU women's soccer team taking down the Ohio State last night in women's soccer. BYU Sports Nation, always on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. While you're there, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Our question of the day. When you hear Tony Romo compare Zach Wilson to Dan Marino and Patrick Mahomes, what is your reaction? At L underscore Able. On Instagram. Maybe blue glasses aren't a bad thing, and more people should wear them because they help you see better. Well, we, rec- we, we, uh, blue alert. we recommend blue it. Blue goggle alert. Okay. Blue yeah. goggle alert. Yeah. Oh, Zach Wilson, first or second ballot Hall of Famer. We'll discuss that coming up. Uh, our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Shea Lawrence C. I like Tony Romo's comparisons a lot more than Colin Cowherd's. <laughs> yes. Colin's- Colin has backtracked a little bit. Yeah, he has. Uh... He's the second best uh, backpedaler to Brian Logan that I've ever met <laughs> on it on the field. Brian uh, was an excellent backpedaler. He had to. It was a corner. 
Okay, today's Rise and Shoutouts. We've got a few of them. Let's go through these. We're presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Very fun to see the women's soccer game last night. Great call last night, by the way. It was fun to watch that and enjoy BYU women's soccer just just dominate a good team in Ohio State. Yeah. It was just out of the polls, one spot. 3 nothing. And Michaela Coulihan is maybe the best player in the country. After last season, Top Tour Soccer named her the second best player in America. And she might be the first. Like, she's so fun to watch. Yeah, sixth minute and 40th minute. First two goals scored by Michaela Coulihan, and she just does it effortlessly. She's Another just, race. She's just amazing. Her ninth multi-goal game, you said? That's yeah. amazing, man. Pretty, pretty amazing. And also a fantastic story. Showed you some, uh, some pictures of Ellie Mon as we were coming in to, uh, to the break. Um, and she obviously missed last year. Had a leg injury in in the very first game of the season. Missed the entire year. Broken leg. Yeah, broken leg. Yeah. Able to come back and in the first regular season game, getting a goal. And it sounded like this. And Olivia back in through. A shot and a goal! Ellie Mon! Welcome Mon. back, Ellie Mon with the left foot crushes it for goal number three for BYU on the night. Nicely done. Feel good, feel good goal yeah. for and her and the team. She like got tackled by her teammates and falls <laughs> over. It's like, her leg! Uh, but, uh, yeah. And our final rise and shout-out, a special one to uh, student producer Taylor Osler, who is producing his uh, final show with us. We have a lot of full-timers who help make what happened happen, but we have a lot of amazing students. We have a lot that graduate. We want to highlight uh, Taylor Osler as being one of those guys. He's been, uh, he's been fantastic for several years for us. Yeah, not only is this Taylor's walk-off show, but we also have video of him showing off the hoop skills, a oh. walk-off three at a local church gym against some fellow students. Check this out. Look at this. Look at this. Is this from 09? Oh, into the corner. Taylor corner the three. Ring. Bang. It's, yeah, we got so, some of our students here. <laughs> yes, I think I've played in this same gym. Is this the one? It's what in, every like, gym looks like. like. What are you talking about? Is this is this by Tintview, Taylor? Is that that church? Oh, it's by Orambasa. Never mind. There are a million churches that look like this. <laughs> Thanks to our uh, guest today, Jaron Hall. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. Sorry to Dennis. Ran out of time for Jason Umpjerum. Shout out to Mackenzie Olson, my neighbor. See you Monday. We're one week closer to college football, baby. Go Cougs!